Greetings is co-hosted and co-produced by Bobby O'Rourke and Dan Conroy. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at GreetingsPod or on Twitter at GreetingsCast for weekly updates, photos, and to see what card we're talking about that week. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to Greetings, the Greeting Card Podcast. I'm your non-denominational but still faithful host, Bobby O'Rourke. And I am your holiday animal of choice. Could be a reindeer, could be a horse, or could be a snow rabbit creature, Dan Conroy. Could be some sort of cannibalistic spirit of the North American forest that we sh- that we shall not name here. Could be anything. It's are, your are, holiday, people. Do whatever you want with it. Bobby, are you speaking of the holiday Wobajack? You know, I am, and uh, we have a mom with us today. Come on out, Wobajack. <sighs> Did you wow. do? Did you do a noise too? Yes, I did. <laughs> wow, we but bo- we had two Wobajacks in the studio with us today, and I thought there was only room for one of them, much like a chupacabra or a mothman. But no, apparently, they, there's they, dose. they come in pairs. They made for life, isn't that sweet? That's beautiful. And how many do they have in a litter? You think of Wobajacks? Uh, four. Oof. One, one for each. One too night many, of the year. if you ask me. One for every <laughs> night of the year. Yeah, the Wobajack will we'll have them back on again. But Dan. We're in the middle of the holiday season, and by the time this comes out, it'll probably be February. So, based on can, how we do this, based on how we do this, they'll enjoy the season's greetings all year long, which is fine. And I actually had some news that I was going to share before the holiday part, which was I will have a poem published in a magazine called Tulip Tree Review. Yeah. And if anyone wants to see what I spend my time on when I'm not jiving it up with my good friend Dan, Tulip Tree Review, I think will be. Out the new issue when this goes live. So uh, if you're looking to spend six bucks on some good old fashioned poetry, go ahead and t- take a gander at that. It's it should be pretty cool. Bobby, this is incredible. And ding dongs, make no mistake, I am in the same stank pit as you, in that I am learning this at the same time that you are. You and I are sharing the same information trough. This is so cool, man. Congrats. So thank you. Tulip Tree Review is that what it's called? It is. Yes. Let's do a little interview on this. So Tulip Tree Review. What is the poem called? Can you give us that much? I don't want you to spoil too much because you ding dong should go out there and purchase. It, but can you tell us what it's called? I can, actually. It's quite a long title because Tulip Tree was doing a comedic poetry contest. And let me see if I can pull it up here. So naturally, I couldn't resist because I enjoy uh, a dash of humor, as you might know. I think you do, too. Once in a while, you're into the humors. When I get around to it. When you get around <laughs> I'm to into, it. I'm into the humors like blood and phlegm and other phlegm and bile. That's right. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a phlegmatic man myself. I'm high on bile is what I'm saying. Hi, I'm Bile. Oh, you know what? I can't. For some reason, my files are freezing up here. I'll come back to this at the end of the podcast. I will plug the title, but it's the newest issue. Uh, It's a comedy issue, so all the poems are comedic, and I haven't read the other entries yet because I I just found out only two weeks ago that it was being uh, chosen and printed. So if you want to take a look, I'd be glad to have everyone see and tulip tree is a really fun review magazine so look it up and enjoy everybody now bobby where can the average individual like myself and like the ding dongs here find this poem like obviously it's on tulip tree review will it be physically published is it an online publishing where would be the best place to figure it out oh good question it is a physical magazine and i think the best place to find it is the giant retailer amazon but you might be able to buy directly from the website too so you can go into TulipTreeReview.com, I believe it is, and you can, I think, buy from there. But I think it goes live on Amazon 
what would be tomorrow for us, but probably two weeks ago for the, for the listener when they get around to this. Amazing. Wait, did you yeah. say the name of the poem or did you just say that it was a long poem? I there? didn't yet because I couldn't. And my file maker just opened. So oh, I can, oh, I'm or, sorry. My or, apologies. So I can. No, no, it's OK. Thank you for vamping for me. Uh, where'd you go? Here it is. You heard it here, folks. Uh, TulipTreeReview.com. Also look on it on the Amazons. This is a hard copy publishing of Bobby's newest poem aptly titled On Being a Sympathetic Cis White Man Trying to Empathize with the Socioeconomic Gendered Racial Struggles of POC, LGBTQ plus and non-cis white male friends without being either pandering or dismissive that's the title humor <laughs> humor fun is fun but we we know when enough is enough fun is fun but we need to know when we need to get serious here and we will that's get serious right. in this fun poem is it a limerick is it a other pentameter i don't know about it's got no rhyme or reason to it uh, because i askew tradition i'm a bit of a rebel uh, mm, in the poetry community. i'm known as the bad boy of the pentameter yeah uh, in, in my poetry bad tameter so. Yeah. People will probably be uh, underwhelmed when they've paid $6 for this if they do. No. Uh, or 10 depending good. on the retail This price. is good literature. If you have not read any of Bobby O'Rourke's amazing literature, amazing pieces that have been published in other magazines as well. I believe there were sci-fi magazines you were publishing in? or There was a few, yeah. Albedo One is an Irish magazine that published a short story that I wrote, and that was actually translated into Italian a couple years ago. Which is ah, Moltebene. Cool Moltebene. They had a cohort in Italy who ran a similar magazine, and they, they do exchanges, and so I got to see my words translated into Italian, and luckily I had an Italian friend who could tell me. Bragging like, about your Italian friend again, Bob. I'm, I'm, I've got one Italian friend and I'm keeping her for life. Um, she, her name was Ilaria and she was so lovely to just sort of like read to me and say like, does this sound normal to you and reasonable? And she's like, yes, these people are not like, I don't even know what I suspected. Like maybe they would take my work and rewrite it, which really wouldn't hurt me at all. They would just put my name to a new story. So she was checking to make sure that they didn't literally change your story around in the translation like too hard. It was more for me to say I'm I'm fascinated by the way that translations do and do not work. And I was curious mm -hmm. if there were phrases or words that sound different because she is. She's, she's a polymath and a polylinguist, and so she speaks like four languages. So she was able to tell me certain idiosyncrasies in Italian or English that didn't quite translate. And some of them mm. were very fun because they, they mean the same thing, but they don't sound the same, you know, when you move from language to language. Was your writing sort of loaded with idioms and metaphors that really don't translate into the Italiano language too well that required that? Not that I could tell. I've Everything seemed pretty much one-to-one. -one. There were a few changes in how syntax and semantics worked, but no, nothing. Uh, part of me was kind of hoping that I wrote one sentence like he'll ne he never saw her again, and it translated to like the ham never blinks twice at the cow, or you know something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. All all this stew getting set in the sun. The but the, yeah, like the I just love I I am very grateful and glad that your work had not been butchered by the translation system, where a lot of works, unfortunately, that might happen to. I will say that in my mind, I'm imagining sort of like not. I am not thinking of necessarily you or this situation, but like a beleaguered author who is like learning from a translator how butchered their work is and just sitting there like sweating, like kind of tamping their fingers on the table, their eyes twitching slightly as they realize that their beautiful dirge of sort of love and, and loss and learning to learn and love again is has become basically a, a commercial for maybe a Toyota uh, Accord, which is not what oh, Toyotas no, make. Quite the opposite. I, I met the, the the folks who did the Italian edition and they, they couldn't have been nicer. They oh, were nice. so so lovely and so professional and they spoke 
more than one language, which is so far beyond what my capacities are at this moment in my life that I couldn't help but say, I am definitely getting off the better in this exchange because you've taken one story I wrote once and you've turned it into something that other people will see in a different language. And so I probably owe you something in the future for that. So they were nothing but the best people. And what more could you ask for, really? That's like such an incredible power to be able to provide. Although I will say that superpower, uh, speaking multiple languages, I have always been fascinated that it was called polymath. It it strikes me as an interesting term because to me, did that I use mean, that right? I want to make sure. No, that, I, think I think you did. I've heard it, but no, I've heard it before. It does mean multiple languages, and it always kind of made me wonder. Like I think you said polylinguist as well, and that sounds like it's a lot more like what it's supposed to be called if you speak multiple languages. Polymath implies that like yeah, I teach algebra, but also I'm super good at uh, calculus. When I uh, literally, it's it's a person who is knowledgeable on a number of subjects, known to draw on complex bodies of knowledge to solve problems. Mm. So yeah, it's like someone who's good at more than I one see. thing. So it's not it, no, but it's not. It's interesting that it doesn't. It's not specific to languages. It's any. It's multiple subjects. That the individual can boast accreditation in. It's not just languages. If you're considered so, yes. well, that's just English being a crappy language, then, ain't it? Because I understand where the origin is of that, like maths or like multiple sub like subjects or disciplines of study. But in our sort of weird Dutch Germanic flat language, we were like, no, call it all polymath. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> we can't be bothered to come up with another word for what it means when you're uh, – I guess you can use multilinguist, but I've, I've heard polymath. What is – Wait, polyglot is some, that's like more of a general. Oh, term, is that polyglot? Like that might be you, that might be the one that's more appropriate. Polyglot mm. is knowing or looking up. A, knowing or no. using several languages. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, ah, so polyglot. Okay, there but I've heard go. polymath specifically for languages, so you're not wrong there. That's oh, been okay. used. That's been yeah. used interchangeably. So yeah. what's and a, Porygon is the Pokemon too. So for which the listener out there is funny because your poem, when translated from Italian back into English, is mostly a sci-fi story about a romance between one Porygon and another Porygon, and then they create a, a Pori ba- baby, Pori bunny. <laughs> I don't know. Porygon with the wind. Pori- oh, there we go. Porygon girl. <laughs> Which one are you watching tonight? We don't yeah. care. <laughs> Tell us. Tell us. Uh, write, write to us on Greetings Pod. What joke movie are revolving the 3D animated... Pokemon, are you watching tonight? Why was I thinking Pokemon the other day? Probably something to do with the... Sh- oh, I think I was complaining that they had to make Mewtwo look like that, even though it was the... That's supposed to be the Pokemon that beats all Pokemon, but it just looks like if a human was like put through the microwave for 30 seconds, like if it was a <laughs> wax figurine. I was like, that's the best you could do? It looks like if E.T. got like a badass makeover, like said, I'm not getting pushed around anymore. Yeah, yeah. I no longer want to look like one of the sperm worms from Eraserhead. I want to look like a real boy. <laughs> and I want to be a, a thick-legged like like demon creature with big... Nothing about YouTube makes sense for that was supposed to be the best. Bobby, are you looking... You We've got English. We've got Italian. Those are the big mm-hmm. one-twos. Is there another language you want your work? to be translated in specifically uh no i speak a little spanish you know just that could just be cool don't ask the albano por favor etc absolutely um, i find i i really love the sound of russian and mm. i think that that would be so cool and one of my favorite 20th century authors is nabokov and and he he has sort of a famous quote about uh, he was a trilinguist i think and someone said which language do you prefer and he said something like my heart says russian 
my mind says English and my tongue says French. And ah. it was just sort of like, like, cause he was Russian, but, but I didn't know this until recently English. And I think like Japanese are the most expansive languages in terms of just the sheer number of words that are in them. I, I that might be completely I- inaccurate, but I feel like English is on the top end of, of just the sheer number of words that you can choose from. We do like have a lot of words, and I think a lot of that has to do with us adopting a lot of words from other languages. Said Dan, who also did, knows nothing about this, but it does feel like we have a lot of terms that come from other languages that we sort of smush into ours as well. Yeah, we're highly qualified uh, <laughs> linguists to talk about this. Absolutely. We are. We are. Imagine if he decided not to say any of those languages, then it would have been really noises Nabokov. all that's well going through struck. my head when we talk like this <laughs> it's all it's all it's going in my head is where where can i move these words to make something that's not it's not funny but it's ness it's well, that's there not for us to decide as we've said sometimes right. sometimes not always appropriate but sometimes the key to comedy is well if the audience didn't like it it wasn't funny that's not a totally true rule all the time but it's yeah. a pretty good rule of thumb yeah if the audience didn't like it it wasn't funny so we have to I, if we don't if i don't bring it out there to at least try and if you guys would start rating and reviewing, I want you to no longer like do specifically rate and reviewing our episodes. Well, you guys haven't been doing that anyways, but like we need you we need you to start to rate and review our jokes. That's perfectly fine. We yeah. realize it's not the episodes we need rated and reviewed. We need our our jokes. Like one star to the Nabokov joke, but Porygon with the wind, that gets five stars. That's I would like to see that. I'd like to see some parts of that movie omitted, but I would like to see the parts with Porygon in it. <laughs> totally. Yeah, Porygon gets really into the clan in the second half of that part. You know, we don't need this day and age. Yeah, that's not I don't we do not need to see the uh, birth of a Porygon nation. (laughs) Yes, listener, go through our recordings like an EKG and just mark the spots where you find the jokes funny and send us the printout. Even if it's a mile (laughs) long, we want to know what we're doing. We want to see the sort of spike up and down when the jokes got really good. Whenever Dan yells, we had a huge spike in in, uh, attention. Now that we've said birth of a Porygon nation in my head, I can't stop thinking about like every president picks a Pokemon for like their presidential portrait. And there's (gasps) the asshole Woodrow Wilson holding up a Porygon. And it's like, ah, man. Oh, I'm sorry Woodrow. you chose that one. Woodrow, you... I'm glad you stroked out. Yeah. No. Glad your brain turned <laughs> too, to soup. Too soon for Woodrow Wilson jokes for this audience. Uh, not soon enough, if you ask me. No, absolutely not. It's, it's never too soon to start that old demon down the old brain-dead lane. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually have a question about cards. Sure. You hear that one. Sure. We've got five well, minutes to do it. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for, for drawing attention to my to my work. I'm proud of it. Um, but And I, you should I wanted... be proud of it, and I'm going to make you plug it thank at the you. end of the show. Absolutely. I will. Thank you. I did have this other question about cards because it leads me into what I brought for you today. For listeners who are in the area, probably went through this, and people who are not will hear it for the first time, but today is a mid-December day that was about 60 degrees and super rainy and gross and yeah. hard to not think about climate change in times like this. I know I'm supremely qualified to talk about this, so bear with me. But Dan, I was thinking about how we sort of, as a defense mechanism against these changes that are happening and we're trying to prevent them from from literally destroying the planet, sometimes we withdraw into ourselves a little bit. And that's why I think on some level we have all these Hallmark movies and Hulu movies and, and what have you saying like, you know, Christmas lawyer goes to goes to uh, cookie town and like, you know, woman in high heels finds sweater man and, and falls yeah, yeah. in love. It's, you know. 
and they're all set in these villages somewhere that are apparently like an hour outside of LA or New York that are covered in snow and everything's made of gingerbread and smells like cookies and candy canes and all the lights are just the right dimness to make you glow and all not all but a lot of the Christmas cards and the holiday cards really are the Norman Rockwell paintings, the turkey dinner, the the kids with the rosy cheeks and the mittens, the ice skating in Charlie Brown, yes. um, the frozen the frozen lake. And part of me can't help but be a little sad. Like, I don't know if that was ever real or not. That might have always been idealized. But certainly in our world today, those like images of a cold Christmas seem far away. And I was wondering, do you think we're going to adapt in the future? Like, will there be a more honest Christmas card and be like, it's 48, like time to turn the heat on i don't know merry <laughs> christmas you know like yeah. one of those kind of cards is this too sad this might be too sad no no i like <laughs> i like this i think this is an incredibly thoughtful and interesting point bobby and one that i think is worth bringing up because like you said what the weather's been like today and also because i think i've always had this feeling with those hallmarkian movies and the insistence that this holiday has to be always equivocated with the weather which we're accustomed to which for a while has been the case up until we've seen the changing climate and things that have been going on around us uh in regards to temperature changes and coming to terms with it will we start seeing an honest christmas i that's a great question because i think a lot of what people want from this holiday is to be smothered with everything that stereotypically comes from it almost to a point where it doesn't matter if you actually ever experienced it right so if you like grew up in for example the southwest of america christmas has never or the holiday season whether it be christmas course, or otherwise yeah. has you, never never had snow. a snowy christmas that yeah. doesn't happen it's not it never gets below 50 you know no. if you live in florida you never had a christmas below that temperature absolutely not i grew up in a part of the world in new jersey i grew up by the shore where white christmases were very uncommon so that is not mm -hmm. to say that we were immune to like climate change like that climate change was definitely happening but on top of that, there was clearly plenty of snow in other parts of the state, and we just never were getting it. Like, it definitely wouldn't yeah. snow until mid-January. So one of—I was one of those kids, very young, who did not equate the holidays, the one that we celebrated Christmas, with any sort of snow collection. I, I could only remember a handful of times when we even got, like, a flurry— because where yeah, we lived, I mean, and I I lived a little north of you, and I, maybe yeah. two Christmases ever actually had snow on them. So it's right. not as though like not as though at least in this area that Christmas was like always a white Christmas. But I wonder like did Norman Rockwell like make that up to some degree? But I interrupted you. Sorry, finish your thought. No, I, I, I that was where I was getting up I, to. I mean, I think I think it's tough to say because I think this holiday is very much wrapped around not the things that you truly experience, but the things that you want to experience. That's the whole concept. Mm -hmm. So those guys, the Norman Rockwells, the Charles Schultzes, the, even the Charles Dickens when they get a little less sad. It's like it's always about <laughs> not necessarily the holiday that you are able to celebrate based on your geographic location or your means or your traditions, but more so the holiday that is expected because of what the staples of it are, whether it is a fat goose and or turkey in the oven, uh, snowball fights with your family, sledding down a hill if you happen to have one nearby, 
um, having that snow when you wake up first thing. There's always a farmhouse. I mean, that always. I think there's always one a of the, farmhouse. There's always oh, a farmhouse. Always a farmhouse. I, I definitely think, and and I first, I don't know if there's any new Hallmark movies because I don't catch up with them that do like a New York style Christmas or an everything bagel with Christmas on it. But um, the I, it's, it, they, you're right. They always are escaping the country, the city, to get to some town just called like you know candy cane falls or gingerbread junction or a town that's just called yule and um it's trenton. it's yeah trenton new trenton new jersey the yule the yule of new jersey they go to yule trenton and they the whole idea is that the holiday cannot be properly celebrated until you've gone out into this bucolic farmstead return mm. to the soil of you know uh uh, uh 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 pastoral exceptionalism and it's like who actually lives like this who can afford to live like this because on top of climate change who can afford those farmhouses who can afford those property who can afford to live in those like every town those things live in look like uh one of the richer towns like uh what's it called in montana the um uh oh god i can't remember like the the town that the millionaires live in uh right outside uh, of grant Teton. no not not Grand, Butte. What's, what's it called? Uh, Right outside of Grand Teton. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, it's going to bother me. I might be also thinking of Wyoming. Uh, either way. <laughs> one of those one of those big mountain towns where like it's so gorgeous that, of course, it costs like $2 million at minimum to live out there because we have made it so that it is financially impossible for anyone to afford to live out there. So anyways, I guess where I'm going at with this like rant is that I sure hope so because I think there is a person – who enjoys the escapism, and then there's another person who wonders why their holiday is not like that. And it would be nice to see more kind of realistic looks into like what this holiday is for a lot of people, whether it be the changing to weather or just like the attitudes of like where you have to be and how you have to celebrate. I don't like when a holiday is policed by like mm. it. It's it, it's that's a nice way of saying it. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, that doesn't make me feel good. I feel like the the reason you should celebrate should be of your own whim and your own availabilities. And you should feel good about it. You shouldn't feel like, oh, I have to do this thing. It's like I get to do this thing. And, you know, that's that's, I think, hard for a lot of people. That's why I don't like those movies, because, I mean, they're hilarious to laugh at and like really rip into like how ridiculous they are. But there's also part of it like, oh, yeah, people take it seriously because this is like comfort food. And I think too much of that can't be a good thing. I don't know. What do you think about that? I mean, I don't want to knock anybody who likes that stuff, but no, 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 we're not here to yuck your yum people, but it's, it's like candy, you know, a little candy is fine. And then too much of it and too much of anything really is, is bad for you. The movies and I'm mixing media and climate and real things to, to a, to a certain degree. So you'll have to forgive me. But when I look at cards that have the snowmen on them, the penguins, et cetera, and I know they're seasonal, but I do wonder like, 2023 Bobby versus I was born in the 90s as, as you were too so like there's ni- 90s me when I'm a child a small infant versus even when our parents were younger you know early 60s ish you know yeah I would be curious to know if even back then they were like oh yeah like Christmas was cold and there was snowing often because like you said I've seen maybe in New Jersey two Christmases that have been actually white Christmases same and here more, yeah more than two or three that have been above 50 or 60 degrees. So like that wasn't uncommon. Some of them were quite cold, but not uncommon to have a Christmas here over the past 30 years. That's 55 degrees. Yeah. And, you know, there's no re- no need to wear a sweater, but all the cards indicate that 
that's what you do. You, and that, get, you get your heaviest coat and your, your heaviest hat, and you go outside and you sled. And I'm like, I don't have any room to sled, first of all, and second. <laughs> I have nowhere to be. Snow. And there's no reason to do this. No, you're 100% right. I was wearing two layers today when I left the house in preparation for it being a relatively cold. I mean, first off, this water should have been snow that we had today. It was kind of nor'easter conditions. And the water should have been some snow in my eyes. This should have been a snowstorm. And I was ready to sort of layer up because even then I thought to myself, well, it's probably like 37. And then I looked at the Doppler when I was about to leave the house and it was like 55. And I was yeah. like, ah, shit. Like it is so far and away from the feeling I should have this time of year. It's as we're recording this, it's December 18th. It definitely should be colder. It should be. Although, like you said, you and I don't have a background in that that much, because as far as we've known, it's kind of been around here. And I do think it was colder. I think there definitely was a deeper, chillier time. I mean, I don't have to say I think it certainly statistically was like this is actually happening. And I do think that our parents remember that. And I, I, because again, it's it, it goes it brings back the question of how much of this is supposed to reflect reality and how much of this is supposed to reflect what people yes. wish to feel during this holiday season. Exactly. You also like, think even when the yeah. Godfather. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go, go ahead, please, 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 please. I got excited. I was like, even the Godfather, made in 1972, takes place in the 40s, but that has a scene where Robert Duvall comes out of the Macy's or whatever on Christmas Eve, and it's it's snowing. It's like yeah. a real snowstorm, and I've always wondered, like, was that? Did they that happened like even in the seventies? They were like, are they like this is what the weather was like, or were they like it's Christmas, people will eat this shit up, just just make it snow? Like that's what they're looking for in this scene. I I, I think it was. I do think that there was definitely. I mean, there are still you know because I was about to say we think about movies where like it's just constantly snowing. Uh, Christmas Story is a great example of just mm-hmm. it is constantly blanketed in snow. The the younger brother is wrapped up to the point where he can't put his arms down. But yeah. I believe that took place in Indiana, and I think that is a and and that mixed with the lake effect winds that definitely That's a is a world certainly yeah. Different. If you're in Indiana listening to us, please <laughs> let us know what the snow situation is like out there. But yeah, I I also think of those like old movies and in especially in New York. And yeah, there definitely was like snow on the ground. People were like prepping for like a even I'm, <laughs> I'm taking a moment to remember Elf, which came, which came out in 20, 2003. And there was yeah, snow in right. Central Park when they were walking through and they had the big old snowball fight. So it was yeah. there. It certainly was there. I just it's been a while since we've seen it. And I mean, can we even remember you and I taking a quick moment? Like when was the last snowy Christmas we've had? Oh, gosh. I mean, I've lived in New York for some years now, but I lived in New Jersey to, for the yeah. first, certainly the first three quarters of my life. Last time I saw a snowy Christmas, maybe I was in high school. Same. Maybe, you know, yeah, but, maybe. But that's and that's not entirely a fair marker because I, we I, I it's I've had years in my part in New Jersey where it snowed in April because of just the way that the weather was working that day. So it's it's variable. But certainly last year, famously, New York City got zero snow, like not even we didn't get snow. anything. Yeah, there yeah, was li- that uncommon. was that's very uncommon. That's incredibly uncommon. And yeah, maybe it's a testament to what we're seeing with a changing climate and whether or not our media is going to reflect that. I think is going to a lot depend on. <laughs> I don't know. This is this is a holiday that is just so reliant on a combination of people's expectations followed by the marketing you're just received and given. Mm-hmm. But that marketing hasn't changed that much. Like we can use uh, as a gauge these cards that we talk about. I mean, they are still just like images of the North Pole and Santa Claus and penguins and polar bears and 
all of these things. And if those animals go extinct, you know, knock on wood, then um, I'm knocking on wood that they'll go extinct. I want them to finally be out of here. Um, I find them to be pests <laughs> and difficult. Please, come yes. on, guys. What? You can't fly? That is your excuse? Oh, my God. Oh, but we give each other pebbles when we love each other. Who cares? You hung in there as long as you could, kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> you did your damnedest. Depressing. I, uh, I, I, yeah, no, I, I imagine things would shift around slightly if we saw those changes more radically. Or maybe it has a lot to do with like we would just treat it the way we treat a unicorn, like a mythical creature. But that's mm. a, that's. I think we're going to definitely have to wrestle with that. I think it definitely is connected with people's feelings nowadays. You know, I'm I'm. I think vibes are a little difficult anymore. And uh, all, all around. And I can't say that that isn't a part of it is just the feeling that we're living in a climate that it's not supposed to be. And we're not accustomed to that. And our species literally has to start from scratch. Hopefully we can reverse some of that. But that's going to take a big group effort. And not only on our parts, but on the parts of people who only profit from making the world dustier and blacker and more polluted. So to yeah. put, not to be and too we're going to find them. No, this this OK. The listeners that we pledge to you, we're going to find those people and we're going to bring them on the podcast to explain what their favorite cards are and why they're doing yeah. this to us. We're going to do sort of like Thelma and Louise, a movie I've never seen, but it involves just killing. I, I only said Thelma and Louise because I want us to dress like that. I want us to wear like nice, like eighties, early nineties clothing with like sunglasses and a convertible, but we're also going to do like a kill bill thing where we're just going to murder every one of the great polluters. We're not hashtag. This is a joke and we're not actually going to murder anybody, but, um, <laughs> But I mean, if you wanted to dress like Thelma and Louise, we didn't have to start a podcast. You could just ask me for that. That is my answer to climate change is dressing up like Thelma and Louise, because we all have to come for answers. As we all know, there was a school presentation and Bobby came up with this great like generative machine that apparently runs on solar. And I came up with we redo Thelma and Louise, but with dudes. <laughs> no one ever thought it's of that. time. Time's up. Isn't that just Dumb and Dumber? Isn't that just Thelma and Louise with yeah, dudes? Much, yeah. I'm not calling Thelma and Louise dumb, it's, but it's like that's what dudes would be like in the Thelma and oh Louise. That's what, yeah, the, the, the male Thelma and Louise is Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> that feels so right. The male Thelma and Louise. That's the, that's the reboot everyone's asking for. Nobody cares about a new Wonka man. Nobody cares about any more of the Marvel ch children. What we want is new Thelma and Louise, but boys, just boy time. Zach Efron and current day uh, um, Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't believe I forgot his name. I was going to say Ray from Ghostbusters. Why can't I? Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Zach Efron and Dan, current day Dan Aykroyd. That's, <laughs> current that's day my... Dan Aykroyd and 13 going on, not 13 going on, 30, 16 again. 13 going on 30, but it's Zach Efron. That was just 16 again, right? Wait. <laughs> I went through a thing in my head right there. Freaky Friday 13, part 16. Freaky, Jason 13 lives. going on Freaky Friday, Jason X. <laughs> Escape from Manhattan. I actually have a card for you that I think will cleanse our pal, but thank you for taking a, a somewhat somber trip. But I, No, I, of I course. Thank you for I bringing us I want to know like, what, what the world thinks about like how do we imbibe the holidays these days you know in a changing world that we're trying to do our best to save you know yeah there's tropes that exist and there it's funny to see people either reject them or cling to them or find somewhere in the middle so you know let us know if you have something that's been on your mind listener i'm curious what you think please do and i and i think that's a great question bobby i appreciate you bringing it up because i think that is a very poignant point to bring up with everything that's going on I, uh, my final note on the whole thing is that if nothing else, with all everything that changes, with struggles that are going on, 
my thing that I've always loved about this time of year is that it is a small general reminder that I, I do genuinely believe, regardless of everything, that humans are inherently good, that there is a desire to want to be good, even yeah, if I think so. some people do not know how or people choose not to. I think there is a hum- human desire to work with each other and listen to our better angels, let's call it. And regardless of what our world will look like, hopefully we can all work together to make it better. But ultimately, this will still be a time, I hope, even if we don't call it Christmas or any other holiday anymore and we you know, change up the names and the purposes, regardless, we are still, it's a holiday that reminds us of humanity. And that's really all I can hope for in a world where it feels like that is something that is depleting. That is beautiful. Like, it, it, you're right. It is a day where it's meant to be, we're, we are here and we share this place. So let's all remember that that is, that is what we're after, is to share it all in harmony. This holiday season, get a friend. Get a convertible and run off a cliff. The police won't catch you and, there. And get a Honda. Get a Honda. Happy, Bye. Ha- happy Honda days to us all. You can go to hell. I'm going to Toyotathon. <laughs> Bobby, and card. Listener, card. Uh, listener, as I... Oh, Dan, I realized. I'm sorry. I thought I sent this to you, and I don't... Oh, no worries. Through. Let well, me see. Did you get anything? I'm looking I don't think right I did, but if you want to send it to me right now, I will gently remind I the am. listener... Fantastic. And I will gently remind the listener that if you would like to, once you are done writing a little thing to us about what this holiday means to you and how we can continue the traditions despite the fact that the polar caps are slowly melting, you can slowly melt our hearts at GreetingsPod on Instagram and at GreetingsCast on X, Twitter, Twitter Time X. Tell us about what you think we should do instead. Um, Holiday popsicles, you know, to stay cool. Maybe we all get in the Yuletide pool. Um, Ooh. I yeah. love a Yuletide pool, just like in Home Alone 2, when he's home alone, not at his home. Yeah, he's no longer in his home. He's lost in New York. It's Big Cheese cheese Pizza and uh, gets to meet uh, Tim Curry Hotel Man. Great time. A lovely cheese pizza just for me. Wait, what's the older brother's name? Uh, the... Buzz. Buzz's girlfriend, Wolf. Uh... Buzz. <laughs> Buzz, your girlfriend. Wolf. Buzz, your girlfriend. Wolf says that to nobody. That was just for himself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's alone. <laughs> he's alone when he says that. I am... Um... <laughs> That just was dragging your brother. <laughs> Kevin McAllister dragging his brother to no one. What a time to be alive. I'm opening up the card now. And oh, speaking of Thelma and Louise, I feel like we're Bobby has found a vaporwave card. This is this is the future of celebrating. It's no longer yes. going to be Rockwellian images of children making snow persons or everyone fighting over the drumstick at Maymaw and PayPal's uh, uh, Christmas dinner. It is going to be. <laughs> It is going to be Christmas malls, baby. We're going back to what you think the 80s was but wasn't. The image is, the background is tan. The inner border is gold. The corners of the inner border to the far right and bottom, top right and bottom left, are of a delicious holly-buried holly. And I'm not talking about my favorite actor from Flintstones live-action film. Uh, the I know. Plays Sharon Stone. Funny joke there. And <laughs> Wilma! And we have a bunch of holly berries with that holly. There is the center rectangle, our text box, if you will, is a, what would you call that? Like a reflective mirror, sort of ombre silver. There are ra- Now, is that rainbow? Let me ask a little thing here, Bobby, a little help here from the audience. Is the rectangle silver and then the reflection came off rainbow or that's like a rainbow color it's like an ombre it's like, it's like rainbow holographic so ah. the, the, the angle that you place the card 
creates a shimmery sort of a ra- rainbow effect. So it's, it's very it's very nice to look at because then you could do that 3D card thing where you just move your yeah. hand back and forth like a moron. That'll like, keep me distracted the entire time while while uh, the uh, I've done setting the dishes and the adults are talking well, about While the tech. wolves get you because they, <laughs> they set that trap. The wolves set it down in the forest for me with a drumstick and they're like, we finally got a Dan. Uh, so we've got the holographic rainbow. To the bottom right, we have Christmas-themed shampoo bottles. One of them to the right has a snowflake on it in red, really trying to sell me on my bath care products, only being able to be used in December, the end. Uh, mm-hmm. To the left of that, it appears to have sort of a wreath, a holly wreath around it. So I'm guessing that's the hand soap. And then that also comes, thank goodness for my locks, my slowly fading locks, a green brush to the left. And then in the center, in a fine, like, a script like the Golden Girls opening, um, it says, <laughs> a visit to you... Always means more than good hair. <laughs> again, I have to read that again because I think I, I missed something. A visit to you always means more than good hair. Ah, prediction time. <laughs> Last week, if you guys listened to our episode, you will recall that we spoke and we've been speaking in the past couple episodes about cards that are ever more atomized into the individual interactions of the person who is getting it. So whether it's an inside joke or it is a very hyper-specific relationship, like great niece twice removed or my my friend who I call my nephew, but we only hang out at the slurp and burp. This, (laughs) these are the relationships. These are the, if, if you don't have blood family, you like spending time with family are the people that we make up of the individuals whom we love the most. And in this case, I'm guessing it's being given to your aunt hairdresser. <laughs> aunt hairdresser goes to college. <laughs> aunt hairdresser fails the Maritime Academy. <laughs> aunt hairdresser doesn't get dishonorably discharged, but might not get their pension. Aunt hairdresser's house too. Porky's revenge or something. <laughs> aunt hairdresser gets Phi Beta Kappa banned from the campus. <laughs> Uh, okay. I mean, let's, let's, first off, I am in love with this imagery. I, this definitely sort of feels like, uh, the nanny-esque sort of like, this would be like my, my snappy hairdresser imagery going on here. Like just the swishy font, the holographic center, but also keeping to a little Christmas tradition. Obviously we need a little Christmas right this very minute. So we have that in the corners there. I gotta say, there's a lot of balance here that I really enjoy. Like a good conditioner, it's balanced and it's good for you. Keeps the curls in, absolutely. Keeps the curls in, yeah, yeah. I can't say exactly why this works so well as a card for a hairdresser, but it damn well does. At least on the front. Like I saw this and I thought, I thought I had read it wrong, it because I, I thought like this is. I thought it was a joke at some point, but like no, it had it had the little tab sticker above where the cards are slotted into the slots and it said for a hairdresser xmas i thought okay sure why not take a look here and it's very pretty especially because the hologram helps too because it catches the light very well but the bottles are very aesthetically pleasing the little hairbrush the holly it it, it looks nice it's a charming say. card it's a very charming card i i gotta say the holograph really brings me in that's sort of your bait to kind of see it on the rack and go like oh hello there where have you been my whole time i've been here shopping for generic brand fexafednine because i don't want to buy allegra and then you pull this out <laughs> and you go my stars and you've got holly to boot now was this at a typical convenience store? Or did you have to go to a like a what do they call those a papyrus or or a paper source or? Actually, you might know this. So, listeners, 
if we haven't talked about New Jersey enough, buckle up because we're going to do it again. Garden State, I found baby. this card not not far from where my parents live, not far from your neck of the woods, actually, oh. in a place called, and you might have been here, Butler's Pharmacy. Yes. Uh, oh, Point Pleasant, New Jersey. Oh boy, we might be bringing up too much of how close. It doesn't matter. We but uh, Butler's is a staple. That is crazy. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes, Butler's. I'm, I'm not familiar with the area so, as as much as you are, so this is new to me. Across the street from Butler's, there is delicious bagels, and I have a very deep connection to that place. We used to remember going there at like six in the morning to pick up fresh bagels and cream cheese. And also, there is the Timing Kitchen Chinese restaurant that is really good there. Very good Chinese American food. So I know that part of the world well, and that Butler has been there since like time in memoriam that was it back like it was established yeah very yeah. well established place. that's that's like that is like when you could make your bones off of just greeting cards that was when like you were a stationary store because nowadays you have to try harder Ugh, you have to like make fancy wrapping paper and like specialty gift card games based off like the office and like <laughs> You know, there's definitely like if you've gone to a paper source, it definitely feels like, yeah, I get it. But like, I'd like something in the more discount variety and a butler's. And I remember like American Greetings used to have stores as well. The mall near me used to have an American Greetings store. I remember the American Greetings stores. They might still exist for all I know, but I haven't seen one in a while. I have not seen one in a bit either. But butler's is a great spot. I am not surprised. I bet they had ones for like. Christmas for your dog walker, uh, Christmas for the person you flirted with once at a cafe, and everything went okay, but it was clear that like it was awkward and you tried your best, so just going to back out of this. But you have to go back because there's nowhere else to get coffee. That's all on the slide. I, I hope they don't mind me mentioning them by name, but yes, I, I got a small cache of cards, so I'm set for about a month. Uh, for whenever we get to the other stuff. Hey, forget that. I might, if they have an Instagram page, I'm probably going to link them to it. It does feel like Mm -hmm. one of those places that they do not know where, what Instagram is. Like they, they are. I didn't get that feeling from the proprietors that I encountered. They're still in 1994. Like this, it's, they remind me of when there was a video store placed by me that was so desperate to, a video rental place. This was in the 90s, early 2000s. -hmm. By the time DVDs rolled around, they were so desperate to stay in business that they were selling uh, ice cream. And weird, like, knickknacks that you would only see at a greeting card store, like snow globes and, like, scary clowns holding puppies. You know, that's ceramic Michigas. See, that, to me, is a further jump than just acquiring DVDs. (laughs) Why did they jump to a new media? DVDs were not enough. There's only so many times you can rent Godzilla versus Mothra and keep the lights on. You know what I mean? There's only so many Pluto Nashes you can rent. Like, you got to try harder. (laughs) How many times are you going to buy The English Patient? (laughs) Like, you got (laughs) to... That's not keeping that's not keeping the generator running, you know? How many times are you only going to leave with one of the two tapes for the Titanic VHS as happened to my family? <laughs> really? And so you're just stuck there wondering I'm, what the fuck happens? I was my mom got one and she I remember so clearly she wanted to watch Titanic and I was way too young to watch Titanic, but she wanted to watch well. it. And she plops in the tape and then the the ship immediately crashes into an iceberg and she was like, Wow, we're really getting into it. <laughs> oh no so so then it ended 90 minutes later my mom said wait a minute that does sound like the child edit though because if i recall correctly <laughs> that is after a very particular drawing scene which if you're a child would be inappropriate so if anything that's uh, yeah, like I, I don't even think my mom was being prudish about that i think she genuinely didn't know it was on no. two vhs because they used to have to do that you know for long movies you couldn't fit them all on a single vhs yeah, what other what other movie had that did the godfather have that yes godfather 2 i remember because i did the same thing with godfather 2 when i was about 13 or 14 okay yeah yeah yeah. that movie 
almost incomprehensible to come into halfway through. You have no idea. There is, you know, there are so many familial things going on. That is like that. You do not, you do not walk into that willy nilly. No, not at mm. all. Titanic is hilarious though, because that to me feels like if you were to edit it for children, you would just go right into the violence of the Titanic sinking and none of the beautiful relationship happening beforehand, which could confuse children. Uh, it's like, no, 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 none of this. I also kind of cruel of the video store to not, Make sure that you're getting both at the same time. There is a 15-year-old that should have tried a lot harder behind the counter, but was clearly not paying attention. They were watching um, probably something with Polly Shore on it. Yeah. yeah. You're on blast, Dax. Yeah. Famous, I don't know. Dax Shepard, working the Shepherd. video rental store. <laughs> you're on blast without a paddle actor. This definitely, this reads like something that would come from butlers as we know it. And if Ding Dongs, you don't know that reference, that's fine. This isn't for you. This is for us sometimes. While being eye-catching, it is not overtly gaudy. It's quite like demure is the word I would say. Like it's definitely sophisticated in its ways. I'm now recognizing that that holographic center is because it's supposed to be like a mirror, like you're looking at your hair. So oh, that I took, didn't even get that. That took wow. me way too long. Yeah, that yeah. absolutely. I just yeah. got it several <laughs> seconds after you. Here we go. Yeah, awesome. And I ha I've had this card for weeks. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, sometimes I just scan the damn things and totally forget about it. There's a whole mountain of cards that I've scanned. I'm like looking at them right now that we'll get to eventually, but I don't know if we'll... I mean, there's just there's a couple of Halloween ones we didn't get to that we'll have to wait till next year. There's one about a mm. fork I've been meaning to get to. I don't think we did this okay. eggplant one. Anyways, I've got a couple that are really, really going to be in the in the fast lane once we Dan forgets to do this again. So we'll go on to the meditation page, which I'm noticing that the border is th now this this makes me unhappy. So okay, w for all of the work being done with symmetry and font and art and just a good balance of everything. There's a fantastic balance of energies in the front. And while the meditation page is not so unruly, the idea is that we are trying to center ourselves to, to properly judge the full card altogether. And I am met with this imbalanced border. The, the right is a much thicker... Oh, but you know what? Maybe this isn't the full image. Is that what it is? Because it looks like the bottom... Uh, it, this might have been my clumsy photography uh, no skills, but it's it's certainly simple. Like I think okay. it was even... I could even pull it out now and take a look, but it's it wasn't, to my eye, grossly mm. uneven the way that I've taken the photo. So I think the border is relatively even throughout okay. the okay. meditation page. All right, butlers, you get to fly by by the skin of your ass, but watch yourself, counselor. That was a close one. Let's go with the assumption that it is a symmetric border all around a little thick on the red i'll say but nice mm. it gives me a place to contemplate and enjoy the sort of mirror that was coming in in the front i sort of like that like yeah it's always about good hair whenever i come in with you and i love the idea that i can have a regular appointment with a hairstylist so much so that i would remember to buy them a card and thank them maybe put a tip in it i have a problem where i don't like being a regular anywhere even bars restaurants i don't like when people recognize a doctor <laughs> dentist yeah you don't want to be regular i like it i get places. a new i get a new dentist every six months and they're always like well you have to transfer over your dental records i'm like ship them over perfectly fine they're 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 or just take a look at my teeth and do your fucking job yeah yeah how about you take a look see and tell me if there's something wrong if not i will leave there we go yeah oh dan have you been flossing Ooh, you remember my name bye mm -hmm. don't like that one bit none of your business chum yeah thanks a lot doctor if that even is your real oh it is sorry okay yeah i don't enjoy being a regular a lot of places and i also have not been to a hair apothecarist in about 
I would say two years. So I well, your I, main is so lush and full. Eh. You, know, you don't want to mess with that. I kind of am enjoying whatever I have left of it. Thank you, sir. But I also am afraid that if I do something with it now, it will all sort of crumble like a snowman in the sun. Bobby, do you have a regular hairman that you uh, go to, a regular hair druggist? Uh, this card means a lot to me personally because you might remember, and some people know that uh, my mother is a hairdresser. Yes, I do know and- that. And she also taught cosmetology, the art of hairdressing, for, I think, like 18 years Mm. uh, at a vocational school. So I have never actually had a barber. Or I have, but it's been my mommy. That Um, is amazing. I've been to another barber who wasn't my mom, I think, twice in my life. Bad experience. And once was because once was I was across the ocean and I couldn't get my hair cut from my mom. That's not an excuse. Your mom should have been able to come right over there. Was that when you were in London or you were in Spania? This was when I was in college and I was in Scotland. Yes. Ah, Scotland, of course. I I needed a haircut. It was very confusing for me as a 21-year-old because, you know, I I was a fairly awkward college student. I wasn't totally confident in myself, as many people are, and I walked into the local bar. Barber and he said, "What do you want?" And I had this moment where I was like, "What my mom does? Oh, why don't you, why don't yeah. you know what my mom does? <laughs> how do you not know how my mom does this hair? God!" And if you see my hair too, it's like generic, like white man with glasses and beard hair. It's like it's a just beautiful this, haircut. It's a fine haircut. It's delightful. It's like I was like this, but smaller. You know, like that's the best I could do. <laughs> you people want independence, and you can't even remember how my mom cuts my hair. How dare you? I would have. I would have given them. I would have given them some real to do for that. That's I I totally understand that. I I my mom did not cut my hair, but I did and, and did your mom just cut it the same style like all the time? Did she have just like one way to cut Babby's hair? Or did he did she try to do things? She would take requests. Uh nice. famously I did have uh famously for the people who dislike me, I did have frosted tips for a brief <sighs> period and that was that was uh my mom acquiesced because it was the era of in sync and the backstreet boys and so that was the hot fat at the time. Where are those photos? I want those photos really bad. I'm pretty sure I've burned them all, no, but I'm sure someone I has want, a copy. I want one for the Instagram, please. I, I never can find had... one. I'll do it for the podcast. That's you all, don't. That's all you don't have to do art. anything you don't want to do. Frosted <laughs> tips, Bobby. That's just. I want that in a frame, and I want it. That that is my new holiday tradition. Look, I don't give a good golly damn about any of this. Like things looking wintry and having to wear a red hat and tidings of comfort and who cares. As long as people like spend time with each other it can be young bobby with frosted tips and below it it just says honda days all i say is honda days i don't even i fucking joke that it's commercialism that's what makes it happy for me everything you else don't even is remember just... what the holidays actually called anymore. no not at all i don't remember this like this background i don't remember we call it holidays i don't remember why we call it christmas christ mass who cares it's it's all made up. We should all just do as we please. And for me, it's Frosted Tips Bobby coming around there. That is that is a face I would... That is, God rest ye merry Bobbymans. If I can find it, I will send it. I promise. I promise you, you, you don't know me, and I promise America and Dan. If you send me that, I will definitely send one of my teeth-lost young baby photos where I was like orange-haired and chubby. I was will... that a Hemingway quote? Yes, orange-haired and chubby. Teeth lost, orange hair to chubby. It, it was usually bundled with the sun also rises, and people were like, we don't know why you're talking about a fat baby ginger, but I like this one about fighting bulls. You can just keep this one in. That's fine. Said, no dice. No dice. The ginger stays. The ginger, the ginger stays in the picture, kid. That was going to be the original title of that book, The Ginger Stays in the Picture. Going on to the next page, we've got, so we've meditated, we felt all right, we've talked about, you know, our hair experiences, and we are met with the same border, a little bit of holly on top. Again, 
It looks very nice. It's kind of reminiscent of the Schultzian Charlie Brown poetry, sort of the wispy pine. Mm, yeah. It says in, uh, is that red or more like an orange font? I think it's the same font as the border. That's just the light catching it. In okay. A weird way. Sounds good. So it says, it means a good talk and great friendship that I'm thankful for all year long and in cursive, happy holidays. So to give us the full message again, a visit to you always means more than good hair. It means a good talk and a great friendship that I'm thankful for all year long. Happy holidays. Man, that feels good. You know what? That's what it's all it's, about. It's the most earnest card I've seen yeah. in some time, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because I have a familial connection, but I read this card and thought, damn, that actually is touching. That you is, know, that is yeah, nice. That is so nice. You know, we do so much just I post-ironic can't be bothered, got to joke around, can't have a solid moment bullshittery on this thing. And thank God we've got an hour on this podcast where we've really taken a moment to examine what this means to us and also just like feel good. That that makes me feel bad about that rule about not liking being a regular. I, to give you an idea of my hair history, I've only ever gone to salons because of the way my hair is. My mom took me when I was pretty young. And what I didn't like about male barber shops is like, like you said, yeah, they just kind of stare at you like you just got hit by a freight train. They do not talk. And with my hair, they tend to just make it really short and scrunched up because they don't know what to do with it. And they then you just leave. But whereas like a salon, you get like a massage of the scalp and they mm. ask you about your day and you talk about stuff. And they've you... got that fun thing for people with long hair where you tilt back and it's like a little shower for your head. Oh, it's only, so like... nice. Oh, the scalp massage. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I can't believe I can't believe men do without. Honestly, I want to go back to the salon now, not even to cut my hair, but just have a good scalp massage. Um, mm. They give you suggestions for a product in your hair. It's like going to the doctor where they start with one salon person and then like. The chief salon person goes, how are we doing here? This looks good. This looks great. And then walks away. So it feels like you've gotten double. It's like I've been to a hair doctor. It's great. That's the only, and it's better than me just going from dentist to dentist. This is a great feeling. <laughs> yeah, there's something about traditionally male barbershops that I I don't want to generalize, but I, like I said, I haven't been to that many, maybe one or two, one, one or two, but there is an energy in there sometimes that's a little strange. There's yeah. it's not all of them. Some of them are really collegial and fun. And I've been to one that I really liked a lot. And then I went to another one because I was at a wedding in California and I needed a beard trim, I think was why I went in mm, and okay. just like started talking to the guy and he was nice enough, but I said, Oh yeah, I like horror movies and he liked them too. And I remember he was really into the Rob zombie Halloweens. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Oh boy. Like I was like, Oh, they're not my favorite. And he was like, I think those are the best ones. And he like was so adamant that he was right about this thing that meant literally nothing. I was like, I kind of wish we didn't talk. Like, See, and it's funny because I bet I bet you gave a little bit to be like, oh, I don't know about that, like trying to be fun about it. Like you weren't being serious, but he took it too seriously and went, no, 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 you don't understand. Those are better than the Carpenter ones. And I'm yeah, going to explain to you right now. I, yeah, I mean, it wasn't even that antagonistic either. But And I went to another one before. This was before my wedding, and I was trying out a barber who was near the venue. And him and his buddy one was shaving me and then talking about how russia wasn't going to invade ukraine oh, great and it was I like on that. the news like yeah. like ukraine was like preparing for war and one barber had convinced the other that russia decided not to and he was like you're probably right and i was watching the news like you're both wrong like yeah. you're both so wrong. you're both out of there god it's like all of the yeah i <laughs> 
man, I would have hated that situation. I think the the there was like one time I went and it was like all the charm of like a men's bathroom and that they were just like everyone was afraid mm. to talk to each other and everyone wanted to leave as quickly as they could. And then another time my sophomore year of high school when I had to get shaved down to look like a GI for a play. I think I've mentioned it before. And that was actually the closest to a salon experience I've ever had because while they didn't give me the scalp massage, they did give me the full shave and haircut two bits where like mm. I got a really nice close shave with like several hot towels and like artisanal That's cream. Nice. That was a good feeling. And honestly, mm-hmm. that I could go back to if I ever had to shave my face again. But yeah, just no, no politics. Well, you've got scissors so close to my head. Please, no, I beg you. Not a good yeah. time. Not a good time for this. Like, like I said, I'm not here to yucky. I feel like this podcast, this particular episode has been a lot of me coming down on things. But no, I, I, I'm no, not generalizing. I, I'm just saying it's it's interesting. Like this card is about like you develop a relationship with your barber or hairdresser and you appreciate the work they do. And it is in a way like what the season is about. It's like yeah. go to the people who do stuff for you and say, I appreciate all you've done for me. And I hope you know how special you are. Like, yeah. Case closed. That's it. This is an incredible instrument to remind people how much of an impact they have on you, even when they don't realize it. And you, in turn, will feel a feeling of, oh, I impact people as well in my life, even when I have this drudgery of sort of just feeling like another number, sort of just feeling like another cog in a system. And I think it's very easy to feel like you don't matter. And it's really nice to have a moment where it's like, yes, you do matter to somebody. And that allows that to happen. It's, it's, we're not, life is not only just transactional. And this gives us a moment to let someone feel that way, which is cool. And to have that like relationship with someone, like to know somebody by their name and go, oh, I totally got to get Blandel. Is Blandel in today? Because I am not getting cut by anyone except for Blandel. I got to find out. They were showing me this recipe for nog soup. So it's just, it's chicken nog. It's just chicken and eggs. But I need to know how it tasted. It sounded like a great recipe. They read it from all recipes. Chef John. Dear Blandel, no barber is a failure who has friends thanks for helping me get my perm clarence <laughs> to, to blandle the richest hairdresser in town da, 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 da. attaboy blandle attaboy blandle the last part of course we got to give this one up this this charming card this charming charlie we'll give it to hallmark that's the reason why they wear the crown on the logo hallmark cares and it feels like it this card, trying to fight the climate change we are dealing right now with made with paper from well-managed forests. That's not, by the way, an advertisement for Hallmark. I'm just making clear that's what it says on the back. Whether or not they actually do it is uh, up to them. Let's see and, and your carbon guest Kate Fallon pointed out, we don't exactly know what a well-managed forest looks like, so we have to do some investigating. There. That is very true. We keep forgetting. We have to actually find out what well-managed means. Oh, only some of the squirrels die. And this was a... Very economical, two ninety nine. That is a good deal for a card this was a steal. of this. this yeah, was a steal. this is a steal. Butlers, you're doing it good. We're definitely finding your Instagram page and promoting you. And another thing that I feel like we're really trying to like hog tie all of the sentiments of the holidays in one but support your local businesses if you can guys look i amazon yeah. as well but i mean if you can go to the local places also great and butler's is a good place to go so they got cards mm-hmm. at a at a decent deal was this 2.99 or was that just what it said on the back of the card no i think it was i think it might have, yeah. may, maybe i know I, you I didn't buy the, it because we have a rule no but. actually i have the receipt right here you bought it listen you hear that was that for your mom though that's that's my mom bought it. Oh, okay. There we go. Okay. No, 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 this is not for my your mom. Your mom cuts your hair um, and gives you money for cards. That's cool. And I gave her a card. <laughs> Thanks for cutting my hair. Mom. Thanks for cutting my hair. Mom. 
This card oh, was so back to ninety nine. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. I would love that if your mom was like, "Could you buy this for me?" And it's it's like that Linda, the actor who did the Linda Belcher sketches, and it's like, uh, "Oh, I'm just turning away, but I'd really like this for Mother's Day." And just putting it on the table, <laughs> kind of the same thing. Oh, Bobby, this this makes me feel good. This I feel like I have sort of ebbs and flows in my feel in my holiday cheer, and this brought some right back up. The nog yourself in oh, this card—that's the trifecta of getting back in the spirit. But Nog is first. I do like Nog. It is a. Yeah, it is the sweetest egg drink you could possibly ask for. Mm-hmm. You can't have too much of it, but the the one glass is enough. That'll do. So we're gonna put this on the fridge, though. What's you know your, what? I want ranking? this. I want this front and center. I feel like this really brings out the Thelma and Luis vibes in me. Uh, I want to thank <laughs> you know, or like what I said about the other show. I want to thank it for being a friend. Travel down that road and back again. So I'm gonna stare into the front of this card through the holiday season and remember that. Visiting that person means more than just good hair, but also I can get that. So it's like a one for two puncher there. So I'm going to put this center of freezer door towards the gap between the freezer and the fridge so that it is right there every time I'm opening. I want I want to see it every day. This this would be definitely a real pick me up for the morning. I wouldn't even need Nog to start the day. And usually I do. Oh, yeah. that's, I, I am in full agreement. I think you're absolutely in the money. I want this front and center and I want this to be in a Hallmark movie about a hairdresser who sees what the world is like when they're unborn and they're going through their pockets and the angel's like, you have no identification. There's no security card. It's like, it's not there either, Blandle. And Blandle's like, what? It's like the card that that one guy got you for Christmas that one time that said you were a good hairdresser (laughs) that you keep in your wallet. Probably. You keep it in there just to remind yourself how good you are at it. What I didn't like was towards the end, they refound Blandle's petals, but it was like, that's because the hairdresser also named their child Blandle. It was Blandle Jr. And and the petals were just the were just the tops of um, Yoplait yogurts that <laughs> like the silver Yoplait's. Because that child eats at least four to five go- go-gurts or yogurts a day. I call well, it yogurt. Yes, it's not good for you. And the, and the and Blandle Jr. just sits there in the corner shoveling it with his fingers going, I need my probiotics. Gremlin child. And Blandle Sr. is like, well, what's the matter with you? And he's like, I've got the yogurt fever, Dad. <laughs> this holiday season, get the yogurt fever with us. It's a wonderful Blandle. Sponsored by Kia. Entertainment Weekly says it sucks. <laughs> Shout out to Steve there. Uh, oh. Well, this has been, I, you know what, like, for starting out the conversation on a bit of a downer, I'm glad to have chosen this card because I- I'm glad is, you did too. It's nice. And Dan, if if you were my hairdresser, I would give you the card because I am I am thankful to have you here in my life and, and to have your humor and your wit and your kindness and um, and for the good hair. Like, you you got good hair too. So, you know, hey, happy holidays to us all. Happy holiday days to you, sir. From one good-haired person to the other, I also appreciate your wit, your humor, your friendship, your charm. And come metaphorical hell or literal high water, no matter what, we still have a holiday to enjoy these friendships. And that is what this is all about. So I would really appreciate it if you would jump into this convertible with me because I think I, I don't remember if I killed my husband or hurt him or what, but the cops are after us. So we got a jam. It was both. And uh, <laughs> listener too, let me just say at this point, uh, you don't have to spend your time listening to this wherever you are. And we hope that it brings a little, a little joy into your life because it brings joy into ours too. It really makes the nights go quicker, the dark, dark nights ahead. So thank you. Happy holidays. We got to go to the convertible. Let's let's go near that cliff. I don't want to jump off yet, but I want to, you know, tease it a little bit. Let's see what happens when we get there. Dan holds Bobby's hands. Fade to black. Thing doesn't go off the cliff yet. Jingle bells start. Bye. Bye.
Bye. Bye. Aster, I hardly know her. Dale, be your own Dabney Coleman by Dale Carnegie. <laughs> I, when I was a younger and stupider person, I had a thought that that was Andrew Carnegie's son who just needed a hobby. So I was like, I'll teach people how to be cool with other people. I was like, <laughs> I don't think your dad was very good at that, but so be it. Yeah, everyone's like that. That hot rod, Andrew Carnegie. He's who we should take some lessons from. <laughs>